Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hi, this is Jenny Lee Grace. Welcome to the Natural Health and Sobriety Show on UK Health Radio. Well, every now and then you come across a brand that is just so inspiring and unusual and unique. You think, oh, my goodness, I have to find out more about it. So uh, earlier on this year, I came across Oxford Healthspan um, when I was running my awards. I run, uh, most of you know, I have a, a site called Imperfectly Natural, where I um, recommend all kinds of uh, health and well-being products. And uh, so I came across this absolutely fascinating uh, company and, and these really unusual products. I thought, let's let's have a chat. And Leslie Kenny is the founder and CEO of Oxford Healthspan. And we're going to talk a little bit about the longevity project, about the work that she does with Oxford Healthspan. And very specifically, we're going to talk about uh, some unique products that they offer. So Leslie, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such an honor and a privilege. I've been following you for over a decade. Oh, really? when, oh wow. Else, when I needed acetone-free nail varnish remover, uh, I went to your website to find yeah. out which one to get. I sometimes, I sometimes joke that I was doing this stuff before coconut oil and kale had their own publicists. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I was early days. Yeah, really definitely. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Um, so yeah, let, let's just dig into your, a little bit about your, um, um, background because um, b- before all of this, you you sort of had some of your own health challenges and stuff. So let, let, if you don't mind sharing some of that, we're always intrigued as to you know the kind of lead up to the work that people do. There's there's always a story, isn't there? Sure. Yeah, not a problem at all. So um, when I was 39 back in 2004. I um, was trying to get pregnant and was on my fifth round of IVF with donor eggs. And um, so no pressure, right? Mm. And I began to notice right around this time, it was just before Christmas, I, I was having trouble with my hands. And I was noticing that using scissors, I was cutting out Christmas ornaments. And um and I just had so much pain in them. I couldn't work the scissors. I was having trouble turning faucets and doorknobs and even typing emails. And I thought something's wrong, went to the doctor. Um, and instead of just getting the nurse calling back to say, it's fine, it's nothing, the doctor called herself and she asked for me to come in for a meeting, which, you know, is yeah, never, never good, a great is sign. Mm. No, it's not. So I went in and uh, and she said, well, you were right. And I suppose we patients like to know that our intuition has been correct. But she said, um, the pain you're feeling is from rheumatoid arthritis. And um, your test results have come back and um, while we can give you something for the rheumatoid arthritis and it'll be drugs that you'll be on to suppress your body's immune system, we also discovered something else, um, which is called lupus. 
which I've never heard of. And mm. she said, um, unfortunately, there is no there is no management for lupus. And this is a progressive disease. And and I said, well, wait a second. I'm in the middle of some extremely important work here. Yeah, exactly. Fifth, How fifth, dare you? How, How dare, dare you interrupt you? me? <laughs> yes. This is an unacceptable answer. Yeah. And I've got, um, you know, I've got my fifth IVF lined wow. up here. I've got donor eggs. Do you know how hard it is to find donor eggs from someone who is half Asian and yeah. half Caucasian? It's actually really difficult. And, uh, and I just said, no, this isn't working. And she just sat me down and said, I don't think it's a good idea to try for a baby. Oh, wow. You have a good five years left. Oh, and basically, wow. And basically, I just thought, well, hang on a second. We went from there is no cure to all of a sudden there is a time limit. Oh, and- God. Just to interrupt you for a second, how much do I hate that when the medical profession gives put a timeline on something? That would be enough for some people to just give up. Oh, my God. Correct. That, I Correct. wish that could be stopped. I wish that whole concept could be stopped. How can anybody possibly know? But anyway, sorry, carry on. So so this, this was it. I suppose that she was trying to be compassionate and help me manage my affairs better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was quite a shock. And yeah. uh, and I said, but look, surely there's something that can be done. Can I do anything? I'm the patient. I've you've just been given this box of injectable immune suppressants. But what about what about me? Can I change my diet? And I think so many of us ask, can I change my diet? Is it possible that anything that I regularly put into my mouth multiple times a day might be involved in what I'm experiencing physically? And she just said, no, there's no connection. So I left and I, I just, I was so horrified by this answer um, mm. that I, I decided I was going to look under every single rock yeah, and I was good for going to turn them over. And that's just the kind of person that I am. Mm. And uh, I did absolutely everything from Mayan uterine massage, meditation, trauma work to finding anti-inflammatory diets, and also finding a very novel therapy called intravenous immunoglobulin. I did all of what I just said. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked my doctor if I could come back within six months, because I said, what if this is a double, what if this is a, is a, is a false positive? Mm. And you know, she sort of shook her head and said, not with these numbers. And, uh, but of course, it's your insurance. So sure, go, you can come back. So I did come back. And she said, when she did the consultation with me six months later, she said, well, I guess it was a blip. Wow. And I, you know, I just thought, wait a second. Of course, I was ecstatic about that, but I just thought, if we rewind the tape, I could have just, I could have just given up. Yeah, well, most people would. Most people absolutely would. They'll take everything the GP says, you know, literally at face value. the word of God. Wow. And just to backtrack on on what you're saying, how, how in the name of God, can it be possible that what you eat, that your nutrition, that your, how you, you know, look after your immunity cannot be related? How can that, it's just not possible, is it? That's a double negative, but but you know what I mean? It drives me bonkers. No, it drives, and it drives me crazy too. Of course, 
Um, as mothers and as women, I think that we have been handed down a kind of oral tradition from our own mothers and grandmothers and aunts where they've said, oh, well, if you've got a cold, you should do this or, you know, chicken soup mm -hmm. or everyone has their own family remedies, right? And we know intuitively that there's just got to be a connection and only now is the science catching up. Yeah. But even here at the University of Oxford, after the Second World War, I heard this from Professor John Stein, who is one of certainly one of Great Britain's leading experts on omega-3 fatty acids. And he said that that after the Second World War and the success of the Victory Gardens, the university was offered uh, I believe it was two million pounds to set up a nutrition department. And when they looked to figure out where that department would go, where would you put nutrition? Would it be in biology? Would it be in chemistry? Well, they thought, well, maybe chemistry, but not exactly chemistry. And they went to a man named Hans Krebs, who was a Nobel Prize winner for discovering the Krebs cycle, how ATP is made in the powerhouses of our cell. And they said, you are in charge of biochemistry and we think nutrition should go under your department. And he said, absolutely not. We know everything there is to know about nutrition. Wow. And that is, that's kind of end of neither Cambridge nor Oxford have nutrition departments. Oh. So it's not just that we don't teach it in medical schools. It's that two leading institutions in this country mm have not looked at this. I think Cambridge now has a nutrition, a single person I mean, in not, nutrition. Not only do they not consider it, you know, I mean, really, it should be the heart of everything, obviously. But also, yeah. you know, that even sort of feeds down to, to excuse the pun, to to what people are given to eat in hospitals, which doesn't even oh, constitute food. It's not even food, 100%. is it? You know, if you, if, you, if you go in the waiting room, you, you know, your, 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 your cafe or your vending machines yeah. contain probably not one item of actual food. Absolutely. purely chemicals in in brightly colored bags yes. and then the absolute rubbish that people are fed where at a time when they need to get well i mean seriously don't get me started yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. anyway back back yeah. to you so so when you went back the was did you no longer have lupus and no i no longer, longer had it rheumatoid Exactly. Oh my God. I didn't have it. I didn't have them, which was completely shocking. So those boxes in the US, you get sent in the post boxes of these syringes filled with Enbrel or Humira. I had been on both and I really hated injecting myself. You have to, and they're, they're tiny needles, they're diabetic needles. So, you know, I don't, there are plenty of diabetics here. I don't want to, to say that that this was such a pain because obviously they live with it daily, but I didn't, I didn't enjoy injecting myself in my belly. Mm. Uh, I just, you know, had a string of bruises. I'm from California, from Southern California. I'm going to go out and wear my bikini. This is, you know, it's definitely wrecking my vibe, but it just also felt antithetical to every, to my philosophy, because yeah. um, in my, in my world, my mother is from Taiwan. Both of my grandparents went to medical school at the University of Kyoto. From an Eastern perspective, you do not suppress. That's mm. what these drugs were doing. It, they were immune suppressants. From an Eastern perspective, you balance. Yes. And so wouldn't it be better, I thought, to have my body 
at balance so that if there was an infection, I could fight it. Instead, I was told, take these immune suppressants and definitely avoid children because they carry lots of germs. And here I am thinking, I would really like children. What am I supposed to do? Avoid my own baby? (laughs) And so it was, um, the whole thing was antithetical to everything that I believed in. Mm. And therefore, being able to reverse it was unbelievably empowering. And Mm. of course, I said, as many of us patients who are able to do this, say to their doctors, would you like to know what I did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just said, oh, no, that's okay. Oh, wow. Next patient. I mean, I'm guessing in fairness, you know, in case there's anybody listening, thinking, well, hold on, actually, I've got a family member who has that. I'm guessing that the immunotherapy perhaps that you you, I'm guessing it wouldn't be available to everybody right so it's not going to be as straightforward for everyone Uh, presumably you had to fund it privately for starters I did I did so intravenous immunoglobulin at the time had worked in clinical trials i.e in humans with very small numbers of people, but it worked for reversing RA. Mm. And that's why I just thought, you know, why not give it a go? Now I talked to, um, to at least one British immunologist. I talked to a bunch of GPs here uh, as well in the U S and everybody just said, Oh, this is bonkers. Don't do this because it's basically made out of plasma from hundreds of people. And there might be prions in there. You might get mad cow disease, you know, you might get hep C, but I sort of felt like, well, there is no cure to this. And she's telling me, the doctor's telling me I have five years. So mm. at least if, I, if I'm if i proactive, I feel like I'm in control to an extent. Mm. Why not, right? I may as well roll the dice. Since that time, there have been many other studies done showing that it works. And although I paid 24,000 US dollars for two of those transfusions, I um, have calculated I would have spent over a million U.S. dollars by now Mm. on these immune suppressing drugs. They stop working at a certain point and then you go on chemo drugs. Methotrexate is what most people go on. And once you go on methotrexate as a woman, it it destroys your your fertility. Mm. So. I, you know, I, I look back and I think as a society, should we not be looking at this because 24,000 US dollars, years of heartache saved, baby brought into the world naturally later, that was healthy versus over 1 million US dollars spent, um, impossibility of fertility and continued fear and pain throughout that time. So what a story. So you, you did go on to have a baby. I did at age 43. I did completely naturally. Yeah. 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 It was, it was fantastic. So uh, in between um, my husband and I adopted a little girl from China as well. Amazing. Um, But yeah, no, it was, it was quite something. So when you have a personal journey like that, and I'm sure Mm. many of your listeners have had those journeys and you yourself, you, you are empowered. You know, there is another way. It's sort of like seeing the man, you know, the man behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz. Mm. The great Oz is actually just a man, right? (laughs) And, and, um, and I just thought I can never unsee or unlearn what I have just discovered. And did you stop drinking as well? Absolutely. I mean, I stopped drinking. Oh, (laughs) I, to be honest, I never really drank. Mm. And that that's a very personal story because I'm the adult child of an alcoholic and mm. having, you know, I often think sometimes I raised my father, um, mm. but because I, my parents were divorced. So I lived with him alone. 
And that was, that was really, really difficult to see someone start the day with vodka. So I, I've always had a mixed relationship with alcohol. Um, Mm. When I take it, I just, I don't know if it's psychosomatic, but I feel like, I feel like I'm not having fun. I feel like I've been poisoned. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, because you have. (laughs) Because you have, exactly. The station that makes you feel good. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. So that exactly. must be have been very tough to 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 see that with your with with your dad. It's interesting because you know I've had guests on the podcast who are children of alcoholic parents, and it, it actually can go um, kind of either way. Interestingly, some people yeah. don't. You know, they really they really. Um, can see it for what it is and they so they choose not to drink and then there are other people that uh it's almost as though they feel they have to drink to be able to cope um but of course part of them thinks well i'm different because i've got you know i've got an off switch until they haven't you know so but 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 there's there's always um there's always a lot of trauma there with 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 parents who who who, uh, are alcoholics very 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 tough a hundred percent. And I think that looking back and having now read the science in particular, um, the, um, the book by Professor Christopher Palmer from Harvard Med School called Brain Energy, um, which looks at how, speaking of acetate, you and I at the beginning of this, I said how grateful I was to meet you because I had gone to your website to look for acetone free nail varnish. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that in alcohol, there's acetate. Or yeah. the, 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 the brain can actually turn that it into turns energy. Into, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so in fact, when an alcoholic reaches for alcohol first thing in the morning, it's because they know at least mm. they need an hour to accomplish mm. something. Mm. Yeah. And they can do that for mm. one hour before the wheels fall mm. off. Well, the body's very clever, works. isn't it? You know, it's, it's doing its best to keep us alive. So it yeah. does what, you know, it produces, I've once heard someone describe it as, you know, the body sort of produces its antitoxins to just, yeah. have, okay, here, here you go. I need, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you more yeah. of this. I'll let you yeah. keep going. It's okay. I'll let yeah. you keep going. Yeah. And, and, and it does, you know, for, for, in, quite a long time often but you know until it crashes and burns until it doesn't absolutely, anymore absolutely absolutely mm. so i do think there you know i wish there was a recognition more widely of the fact that that many of these people don't actively want to be alcoholics of course not right but it is um addiction is just so um part of, the first part of that addiction is it embraces function mm. if i just have that hit I will actually be able to function and they can. And then, like I said, it just, it all turns to custard. But mm. yes, my, my relationship with alcohol is pretty, is pretty straightforward. I, I've never really been able to do it. Well, I would reframe that and say, I'm lucky that I, that I, I, I don't drink. It's, yeah, not, it's yeah. not a case of being able to do it. You don't want to do it. Why would no, you want to do yeah. that? Agreed. 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 Yeah. But so you, you, you then kind of with all of this experience, you became a health coach and really studied all of this stuff so that you could help others, I guess, because I'm guessing by now you're feeling quite evangelical. Yeah. Oh, completely evangelical. And it just, you know, it, it, um, it irritates me. It not just irritates it. It completely inflames and enrages me when I 
meet patients who, um, you know, women who miscarry at five months because their mm. thyroids haven't been treated properly or they're just on, some women don't do well on just levothyroxine. They don't convert it into the bioactive thyroid hormone. So there's that. When I meet people who have been told there is no other way, forget about nutrition, that enrages me. When I meet people who are, um, you know, who are dealing with alcoholism in their families and the Mm. resources are, well, it's the 12 step program or nothing. Exactly. Exactly. And, And so these things, these things bother me so much because we are in the 21st century, right? We should be a bit more advanced in our thinking. I think one of the missing puzzle pieces is metabolism. Mm. And, um, and when you have a better handle on that, it's, it's, it's not just a missing puzzle piece. It's a huge missing puzzle piece. Mm. Uh, It makes, it unlocks so many different things, whether that's the ketogenic diet for alcoholics or, um, again, finding the right kind of thyroid hormone for those who are hypothyroid or finding, um, you know, anti-inflammatory diets and, and interventions like I use to reverse my autoimmune conditions. All these things we know about, but they need to be more widely known about. Yeah, they, they do. And, and, you know, we started by, you know, and you said that, that, that first of all, you were given the diagnosis of early onset, you know, arthritis. Yeah. Now, again, you know, it, 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 it's an area where there are so many things that people can do to help them themselves yeah, yeah, with that. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's always instantly curable, but there's so much people can do uh, rather than just accepting that diagnosis and, and taking a load of drugs because nutritionally, mm-hmm. there's so much you can do to help reduce inflammation and pain and, uh, you know, joint pain and all the rest of it. So much. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, yeah, we could talk for hours, couldn't we? Um, so <laughs> t- t- tell us a little bit about um, uh, how you came to to become the founder of Oxford Healthspan and, and tell us about, you know, how you made the decision to, to create sure. these unique products. Sure. Well, I was, um, I was living in Oxford, England. My husband is originally from Oxford and thought this was a great place to have kids while picking up the kids at the school playground, fell into conversation with parents as you do, discovered that many of the parents were scientists here at Oxford and, um, was intrigued by their work. And when I would ask what they were working on, let's say it's transcranial um, brain stimulation, um, I, electri- electrical stimulation of the brain I, for depression, I would say, hey, that's really exciting. How can my friends make use of that? I, I think I know somebody who could benefit from transcranial electrostimulation. And they would say, oh, oh, no, 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 no. This is just for publication. Mm, I, it's just not available. Right. Mm. And I'd say, what's the point in that? Mm. Don't you want to make it available? Oh, no, no, I'm not interested. Don't want to have a company. No. And so then I just said, well, okay, I've noticed that Brits are very shy about asking for money, right? Mm. But Americans aren't. And (laughs) I just thought, I just thought, you know what, I'll just hold up my hand. They can do the science and I'll just ask for the money. So I began to fundraise for regenerative medicine projects, uh, spin outs at the University of Oxford. Um, Regenerative medicine, because these were the orphans. Uh, the pharmaceutical products, you know, all the big pharma companies are going after them because there are patents and they've got teams of patent lawyers who can litigate if somebody infringes on their patents. But with regenerative stuff, you're one and done, right? Stem cells. This could be, we don't know, but 
what some of these academics were saying was, well, if we stimulate your own production of stem cells, this could cure you. So I began to work for them and, um, you know, developed contacts within the Oxford um, ecosystem. And one of the guys at Oxford um, Science Enterprises, which is a big fund, uh, an investment fund here, said, hey, Leslie, there's something in the immunology and rheumatology department that you might be interested in. It's a it's a food. And um, the research is really compelling. It'll never get funded because there's no path. <laughs> Patent, but you should, you know, you might. Yeah, be you can't patent fun- food, can you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's always the problem, isn't it? That big farmer has. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, don't so eat an I'm, apple because we can't patent them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But take this this synthetic variant, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which we have a patent on. So I, so I thought, okay, I'll go go take a look because rheumatology, obviously, rheumatoid yeah. arthritis, very interested. I saw the research, and it was on um, basically rejuvenating immune function in mice that were age matched to elderly humans and they were able to do this and I thought okay let's look at more research and I came across paper after paper there were something like 13,000 papers on this class of um, essentially amino acid products called polyamines and it was safe and it's in the food supply and for instance the healthy centenarians around the world they eat this in great quantities and in what food in what food are we talking um, about well, for example, in Okinawa, which is known yeah, for its Japan, uh, yeah. for its centenarians, they have a year long fermented soybean dish called natto. N a t t o. Yeah. Um, but you can find you can find it in all fermented foods. I'm sorry, not in alcohol, but in <laughs> cheese, uh, hard, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, mature cheeses. And uh, things like uh, the endosperm of any grain, like wheat germ. So these Mm -hmm. are things that get thrown out of the current food supply because they're also high in omega-6 fatty acids. So they go rancid quickly and it reduces the shelf life for, say, bread. Um, So I I looked at those things and at those studies and I just thought... I don't, I don't understand why no one wants to bring this to market because who cares if you have a patent? There is a thing called a brand mm. and uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi are brands and they don't yeah. have patents. They're basically brown sugar water. Mm. So why don't we just create a brand? I think people have heard of Oxford before. Mm. And that's when Oxford Hospital was born. So mm. we ended up launching during COVID. Um, I did have one you know, one moment of, is this a good time to launch? And I, I asked Professor Katja Simon in immunology at Oxford, is this a good time to launch? And she was like, now more than ever, we need yeah. to improve people's immune systems. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Um, UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. The station that makes you feel good. So anything, anything to help support the immune system, she said. So, uh, so we did launch, and so the um, brand, the brand is called Primadine. We should say that to start with. So Primadine so, is our first is our Prim- first product. Primadine. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so what is it, and what does it do? 
So it contains a molecule called spermidine. No giggles. Yeah, um, exactly. We love that word. Let's just get this out into the open just to okay. make sure everyone's heard us. It's called spermidine. So Correct. just give us the lowdown on that. Okay. It is. <laughs> I, 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 I noticed that you have been labeled the high priestess of sex. <laughs> yes, there's there's that there's that too, but there's no con- there's no there's we're no not connection. digressing. <laughs> no, there's no connection. It just means that I am therefore I have no qualms about talking about semen or the fact that semen contains high quantities of yes sperm and this other molecule called spermidine. Right. Actually, spermidine is what DNA wraps itself around as it goes um, in the um, as the sperm swims towards the egg it needs to take a really tiny package of information. And spermidine allows that, but spermidine is a natural anti-inflammatory. And it turns out that making sperm and semen is a high reactive oxygen species event, i.e. it's very inflammatory. And so you want a little bit of spermidine to protect against that. Um, But ladies, it's in breast milk in huge quantities. All of us produce it. As you and I speak right now, our tissues, our gut biome are making spermidine. Your dog, your cat, your grandma, your, uh, you know, your niece, everybody makes it. Babies have it in the highest quantities possible, partly because their tissues are making it at great speed. It allows for and, cell and when turnover. When you say we make it, what do we do with it then? I mean, clearly, for <laughs> clearly we, we don't ejaculate it, right? No, no, we guys don't maybe do, but we don't, right? So <laughs> what we do we do with we it? Don't. Yeah, and actually poor guys that they lose it because it, it's actually, it's a, it's a resource. <laughs> so this, don't, don't blow it. Right. So what, um, what, what, what we, what we make, we, our body uses, is that the idea? Our body, our body uses it for, um, for everything from, um, well, the big thing that it does is it, it, um, it, it allows the cells to, um, to multiply very faster, uh, very much faster, but it also allows the cells to engage in cell renewal and recycling, a process right. called autophagy. And, um, the 2016 Nobel Prize in Medicine and Physiology was awarded to a Japanese scientist that we work with, Yoshinori Osumi, and he discovered how that autophagy process works. And there are scientists who say that we, we don't age. Autophagy doesn't slow. Cell renewal doesn't slow because we get older. Rather that autophagy slows down or dysfunctional autophagy happens. And that's what ages us. Right. Right. Which is fascinating because then if we can kickstart it again, then we have the opportunity to slow aging. We will be producing less of the, we we can it's not in the healthy in the healthy centenarian populations they still produce the same quantities as 50 year olds and it's just that population between 60 and say 90 or 60 and 80 really people tend to get very sick in that age bracket in those 20 years you get very sick and um and there you notice that the median amount of spermidine actually declines in the overall population. But once those individuals die, all of a sudden, the people who've survived, guess what? Their spermidine level is just as high as people in their 50s. So um, the gut is always a great place to produce it as long as our gut biome is healthy. Mm. But guess what? If you've been exposed to a lot of broad spectrum antibiotics, 
Yeah. You kill off those populations of healthy bacteria that can manufacture spermidine for you. Right. Um, so as a result, it's very important to feed those, um, those bacterial populations with the things they like. So they like prebiotics, resistant yeah. starches. Um, and they, they like fructooligosaccharides. Ironically, another big component of breast milk. Mm. And, um, the, you know, the theory is that the reason why breast milk is full of polyamines and also fructooligosaccharides, um, I think about 50% is fructooligosaccharides. The baby cannot, the baby's, um, nascent um, digestive system cannot actually process that resistant starch, but it's there to feed the gut bugs yeah. that the mother has bequeathed to the baby as it pushes through the birth canal, pushes on the cecum mm -hmm. and gets that first uh, donation from the mother of healthy bacteria. Mm. So um, that's quite fascinating. And our product has a fructooligosaccharide as well as the, the spermidine, just right. like breast milk. Be because I guess what we're saying is, you know, there'll be plenty of us who didn't get enough of that first time around. Maybe if it was a cesarean birth, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have got the amounts Correct. we need. And then as time goes on, um, you know, presumably, uh, there are things that, that, that impact on it. So, and, and we, I suppose what you're saying is we can't necessarily get enough of these very important things in, in, in a, in a regular diet. Yeah. So, um, so the healthy centenarians are getting around 56 milligrams of spermidine, at least in their food. We don't know how much they're digesting. Um, Brits on average and Americans get around eight milligrams. Wow. It's a vast difference. Mm. It really is. And that's just in the food. We don't know again how much they're absorbing. And you mm. know, the importance of things like digestive enzymes. Yeah. If the gut can't actually absorb it, then that's problematic, right? Yeah. So, so the, in the spermidine product then, uh, that, that, that gives us extra of this stuff, presumably. Are there, Correct. is there any, is there any kind of, uh, contraindications? You know, is there any reasons why we would not want to be taking the, taking well, it? Well, um, so we have, um, primidine original is made from, uh, defatted, highly concentrated wheat germ. So if you are celiac, I'm sorry, that product is not for you. If you are, if you have SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or candida, you're probably going to have trouble with the fructo oligosaccharide with the resistant starch. And you probably know this already. You may burp a lot if you've got candida or say an H. pylori overgrowth, you may burp or belch a bit when you have vegetables uh, or fruit. So that wouldn't work for you. We do have another product um, primidine GF, which is gluten-free, and that's derived from Okinawan chlorella, a unique substrain. Mm. And we add in some Okinawan lime peel and some Okinawan turmeric and um, all three anti-inflammatories, all three autophagy or cell renewal and recycling activators. And that uh, a celiac would be able to take, for instance. Mm. Yeah. Um, as chlorella has a small amount of naturally occurring iron, and it also has naturally occurring vitamin D and vitamin K, which are clotting factors. Well, K is a clotting factor. You can't take it if you've got, say, hemochromatosis, which is too much iron, um, or if you're on warfarin, um, a blood thinner, because obviously there's a natural <clears throat> coagulant in vitamin K and some of that naturally occurring iron. But otherwise, it would be fine. Mm. And I'm guessing all of this information is on your website. It is. It to, is. Yeah. If people yeah. are curious and want to delve in.
Yeah, but I'm guessing that as a general rule, then what you're saying is that that this actually would be beneficial. You know, I mean, I mean, what often happens with people listening to this is they've they've stopped drinking or they're in the process of stopping drinking, and perhaps yeah. the first time they're starting to realise, oh my God, what damage have I done to my body, and how right. can I get well? You know, and they're really right. starting to realise the importance okay. of good, good, good food. And I, yeah. I, you know, I always stress the importance of, particularly in the early weeks of stopping drinking, you really need good, really good yeah. food. No fasting, no missing meals, proper, yeah. you know, proper real food, yeah. get a protein with every meal, get the yeah. great omega-3s. I yeah. always recommend fermented foods wherever possible and, Correct. you know, and all of this stuff. And so often people really get into this and they start to think okay and what what else can i add in that will support my yeah, you know yeah. moving forward yeah. um and of course the changing people is usually phenomenal after a few, yeah, after a few yeah. months and so many long long-standing health issues you they know that are they they absolutely go and and yeah. honestly if you could bottle this and sell it wouldn't it be you know sobriety yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no you know, absolutely I mean, everyone everyone fully yeah. expects to be able to sleep better yeah. and have better yeah. energy and better skin but oh my god my eyesight got better I mean, yeah who knew literally yeah. who knew it's so, fascinating anyways, isn't it what, so, what we're saying so, is this 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 would benefit uh, lots of people is, is yeah is and, and i can i can give you some concrete ways so for somebody who has um anybody who has who has drunk a lot is going to have had um damage to their liver yeah right? exactly okay mm. so you have you have um uh, fatty liver disease yeah, yeah, and yeah. there'll be fibrosis. And at least in mouse studies, they have actually shown that giving spermidine, um, and, and I caution this by saying, this is a mouse study. We are not mice, but it is, this is a food. So there's no harm in trying mm. this. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to um, do you any harm. Exactly. In those mouse trials, they have been able to reverse the fibrosis that's actually a pretty shocking thing. The other thing is that if you have hurt your liver, often that means that your glutathione, your superoxide dismutase, your catalase, all these great antioxidants in the liver are down and you might get premature gray hair as a yeah. result. And one of the things that spermidine does is it puts the hair follicles back into the antigen or growth phase and that is the only time that pigment production happens. So we've actually had people like this. This is a 79-year-old whose just, hair... Just explain what's in the picture for people so, who are just listening. So, so. so in the picture, it's a it's a it's the top forehead of a woman who's 79, and you can see that only the roots are dark, but the ends are white yeah. and um and so that's that you know we have many more photos of that on our you know instagram page but it's that is you know that's something that would be really tangible because you often don't know is this supplement making a difference yeah it, life, it, right? it can be hard to tell yeah. yeah then there's sleep um we know that it uh, affects two of the clock genes so uh, there are eight that we've discovered and that helps modulate circadian rhythm so that's one of the first things that people tell us that if they've got a wearable tracking device like an aura ring or a fitbit they often see their deep or their REM sleep go up sometimes both. And that can happen as soon as the very first night, which is amazing. <laughs> um, the other thing specific to your audience would be something called SAM-E. Do you know this molecule? No. It's, okay, so SAM-E is one. something. Um, it's, <laughs> it's called S-adenosylmethionine, and it's related to happy mood. Oh, and we like that. It, <laughs> you like that, exactly. So SAM-E. SAM, 
S-A-M and then hyphen little E is what it's called. And people, at least in the United States, take it as a supplement. But guess what? When you make spermidine, you need SAM-E in order to make that. So L-arginine and SAM-E together are what you need. Now, if you're topping up with external spermidine in your diet or in supplement form, you are basically sparing your body's stores of SAMI. So we do have people say, I don't know why, but I just feel calmer. I feel mm. better, but I don't know why. And uh, and that would be that that sparing of your methionine reserves, yeah. wow. which, is, which is great. So if, if you were to take um, spermidine, yeah. you, is there anything that you might be taking that you definitely won't also need, if you see what I mean. So in other words, if you take spermidine, you would, you'd still need to, I mean, I recommend that everyone takes vitamin C, vitamin D. Yeah, of course. You'd still course. need those, yeah, right? Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's, it's as well as not instead yeah. of those kinds of supplements. Yeah, no, of, of course, of course. It, 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 this is, this isn't, this is an add on. And I always tell people, get it from your diet first. Uh, you can get it from shiitake mushrooms. You can get it, like I said, from cheese. Um, okay. If your doctor says you've got high cholesterol, maybe you need to watch that. But um, there what are about places from um, things like sauerkraut, fermented foods like sauerkraut? Anything fermented will have Good. some in yeah. it. The kombucha? What about is- kombucha? Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I've never come across anything saying that that has it. Okay. Um, but what, what I will say is that any plant will have some amount of it. The mm-hmm. question is how much are you retaining? How much, um, you know, how easily absorbable is it? Yeah. And, um, and how, how convenient is it for you with your lifestyle to yeah. get those things in your diet? So once you have made the attempt to get it first from food, if you want to top up, then you can use this supplement. So mm. for instance, um, people who have lost their hair after, for instance, having a virus, mm. people who have, um, who've lost their hair because they've had a baby. Um, yeah. why is this happening? Because our bodies make the decision for us that the species needs to continue. And therefore the mother is going to give all her spermidine in the form of breast milk to her baby. Yeah. And there's nothing left for us. (laughs) No, the hair doesn't matter. And so it takes a while for a mother to build that Mm. reserve of spermidine back up through her diet and tissues and get her hair back. And same with, um, with viruses. So spermidine activates a process called virophagy, similar to autophagy. Mm. And basically think of autophagy as, as a giant garbage bag and you're putting rubbish into it to get rid of it. It does the same thing with viruses. So, um, if you've got a, a viral infection, your body's going to say, sorry, hair, I'm going to take all the spermidine and I'm going to use it to basically bag up these viruses and destroy them. Got it. And, and that's why then you might find about six to eight weeks after you've had a virus, you lose a lot of hair. So if you want to then top up, then a supplement is a great way to do it. Mm. But obviously, as we get older, I'm 58. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to dye my hair. You've got amazingly shiny hair. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, and that's, that, that is something that people say to us is that the texture of their hair changes. Mm. Um, so even if they don't get the color back, they say that, in fact, their colorists tell them that their white hair accepts color more readily. Mm. Um, so, which is, which is interesting. Um, 
And that's, you know, that's the kind of thing for me, because I know my body's after 50, you're just not producing so much. So, or there's, there's a high chance if you've had a Western diet and exposure to these broad spectrum antibiotics, you're just not producing the way you used to. So for me, I top up daily. Mm -hmm. How fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. It's it's really fascinating. We're going to give um, all the details. And in fact, we've even got... um, a discount code. So thank you for that, which I'll, I'll, um, Absolutely. I'll share with the audience and put it in the show notes. That's really, that's, that's really great. So are you, you're, you're completely well. So you haven't, you no longer yeah. have this, these <laughs> no. diagnosis. How fantastic. No. Honestly, no. it's just, I love, I just love stories like this. I love yeah. it. Fantastic. Everyone everyone is capable. It's much easier for the body to be in balance and to be off of its balance point, right? Yeah, totally. Um, We just have to be kind to ourselves and and nourish ourselves. Yeah. Leslie Kenny, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely fascinating to chat to you. And I, I wish you all the best and huge success with the product. Well, presumably it's doing fantastically well. Is that you selling all around the world? Uh, in 59 countries around wow, the world. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. And, and isn't that amazing that just, you know, this is, I always find it so fascinating that these things come about because of someone absolutely passionate about something that happened to them, right? I guess you could never have imagined you'd be doing this all those years yeah. ago. <laughs> Selling spermidine? I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, mom, I want to grow up and sell spermidine. <laughs> you must have had a couple of thoughts. Is that going to be the right name for this? You must have thought yeah. that to yourself. I, I, I guess you made a conscious choice. <laughs> the, the instant I heard it, I said, that needs a marketing plan to rebrand. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's but, called but, Primidine. I mean, you, aren't, you aren't just being, yeah, exactly. But you aren't just being facetious. It's, it, there's, a, there's a proper story behind it, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. There's a proper story behind <laughs> it. But I like to say it's Primidine for the new prime of life and also to make it easier for my mother to go out and buy it and ask yes. for it at the health yeah, food store. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Leslie. Likewise. You've been listening to the Natural Health and Sobriety Show on UK Health Radio. 